Salam, salam from the Windy City. This is the Rorschach Ethia update from the 8th of September, 2022. Now here's a quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. The tragic war between the federal government and the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or TPLF, continued this past week. The TPLF alleged that the federal government has teamed up with Eritrea, and that it is now attacking Tigray from four directions. Both the federal and Eritrean governments have not responded to this allegation. However, the executive said that the TPLF is the aggressor and then making false claims as another tactic of the rebel group. Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Foreign Affairs Demeki McConnell told members of the international community that if the war goes on, the government will take all the necessary measures to stop the TPLF. However, he added that the executive is still open to negotiate peacefully with them. Meanwhile, many are urging for this war to end. On Thursday, the 1st of September, the Interreligious Council called for peace and asked followers to pray and fast for the remaining five days of the year for the people in the northern parts of the country. Now, the Council of Political Parties also released a statement saying that it has been following developments closely and that it is very concerned. The Council urged the people of Tigray to pressure the TPLF into having peaceful negotiations and asked the international community to support peace talks and not to interfere. Speaking of the international community, it has been revealed that the U.S. Special Envoy to the Horn of Africa, Ambassador Mike Hammer, will be visiting Ethiopia again. The ambassador will have a talk with officials of the Ethiopian government with the African Union. According to the U.S. State Department's website, Hammer will pressure parties into holding peace talks and declaring a ceasefire. He was in Ethiopia a few weeks ago, right before the war resumed, and he had talked to leaders of the government and the TPLF. Cities in the Amhara region close to the Tigray have been imposing curfews since the conflict restarted. Now, this past week, more restrictions have been announced in some cities. Desi, for example, announced on Sunday the 4th that individuals who are non-members of the Defense Force cannot wear the uniform. Carrying arms, spreading false information, and driving a vehicle without a license plate are also strictly prohibited. Now, the city of Shiwarobit, located around 200 kilometers away from Addis, is also in the news as unidentified gunmen killed its mayor, Wubashet Eyalu, on Thursday the 1st. Wubashet's burial was held on Friday the 2nd. On Saturday the 3rd, the city administration told the media that it is trying to identify and detain the suspects. The TPLF's involvement hasn't been confirmed, but the administration has put in place more restrictions. All vehicles, restaurants, and other service providers are not allowed to operate after 7 p.m. In other news, a few weeks ago, the Ministry of Finance revealed its interest to sell eight sugar plants to investors. One of those plants, the Arjo Dedessa, was attacked on the 30th of August. The sugar industry group's PR head, Ruta Veleke, told the reporter newspaper that although the factory and employees haven't suffered substantial damage, one employee was beaten, and vehicles and heavy machinery have been destroyed. Ruta also said that the criminals would make the attack because the security of the area had been weakened by the war in Tigray. When asked if this was the work of the Oromo Liberation Army, or OLA, he said that this has not been confirmed. On that note about attacks, news started surfacing in the beginning of September that an armed group in the Oromia region killed more than 50 civilians in the Horo-Guduru-Walega zone. There were several conflicting accounts from witnesses, and some said that the OLA was responsible for the attack, while others accused Amhara extremists of the killings. On Tuesday the 6th, the Ethiopian Human Rights Commission, or EHRC, came out with a statement saying that on the 29th of August, 
the OLA had attacked the zone and killed Amharans because government law enforcement left the area. In the two following days, with an aim to retaliate, extremists from nearby areas of the Amhara region entered the zone and attacked the Oromo people. The EHRC's statement says that a total of more than 60 people have been killed and more than 20,000 have been forced to leave their homes. Now, speaking of tragic events, in Addis and in many other cities of the country, hiring housemaids is very common. But what happened on Thursday the 1st was very tragic and has been the talk of the town ever since the police broke the story. A housemaid brutally killed the children of her employers. The children were two and three years old. Why the housemaid committed this atrocious crime is not known yet, but the police suspects that she had a disagreement with her employers. In economic news, in Ethiopia, the banking sector has remained closed to foreigners for decades. Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed had heard saying that he would change this on many occasions. Finally, on Saturday the 3rd, the council ministers approved a draft policy that will open up the banking sector to foreign investors. The council said that this policy will allow the banking sector to have a stronger connection with international markets to increase competition, productivity, and speed. On that note about policies, the Ethiopian Economic Association held a policy forum on the impact of several disasters like Russia's invasion of Ukraine, COVID-19, the war in Tigray, among others, had on the economy. In the forum, it's been predicted that because of these tragedies, around 3 million Ethiopians will dip below poverty threshold and the GDP will drop by 7%. It's been said that Ethiopia had a 33% year-on-year inflation rate and the Russia-Ukraine war was responsible for 13%. Moving on, the Ethiopian New Year is rolling around and one thing that comes along with the New Year is school. The Addis Ababa Education Bureau sent a letter to the education bureaus of all subsidies that said that the academic year will begin on Monday the 19th. 12th graders who are going to take the university entrance exam in early October are expected to go back to school for revision sessions just two days after the New Year holiday on Tuesday the 13th. Speaking of education, the president of the University of Gondar, Dr. Asrat Atsudin, revealed on Sunday the 4th that the university will use its own revenue to operate. So far, only the Addis Ababa University is fully self-sufficient and uses its own revenue to fund operations. There are more than 40 universities, and aside from the Addis Ababa and Gondar universities, every other university benefits from government subsidies. But before we leave, let's talk about the New Year. The Ethiopian New Year, 2015, will be celebrated on Sunday the 11th, and in Addis, many events will take place on a New Year's Eve. One of the biggest events is a concert held at the Mass Millennial Hall just a few minutes walk away from the Bowl International Airport. Now, one of the best female musicians, Hamel Mal Abate, will headline alongside Ethiopian idol winner Dawit Sige, rapper Lij Michael, and Abdu Kiar. The concert will take place on New Year's Eve and on Saturday the 10th. The entrance is 500 beer or 10 US dollars, and for VIP tickets are 5,000 beer or 100 US dollars. And that's it for this week. So you've noticed we have no ads because we dislike them and respect your time. So if you wanted to help us out, buy one of our very cool t-shirts. Go to Rorschach.com and click on support. Or head over to the link in the show notes. They are wildly environmentally responsible. And as we said, very cool. Any questions? Email us at podcast at Rorschach.com. Ciao.